Hello, and welcome to the Euro What, episode number 32 for the week of December 17th, 2018. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm joined today by Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. Hey, Mike. We are a couple of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest, and this week we'll be taking a look at what may be in store for 2019. Yeah, like 2019 very quickly approaches. Like by the time we record our next episode, it will no longer be uh, 2018. Yeah, that is crazy. Also, the fact that like we started this podcast at the very beginning of 2018. So the fact that we have been doing this for a year. Yeah, we did it. We stuck with it. Uh, we, we have, we've learned along the way. It hasn't killed us, so theoretically, we are therefore stronger. Yeah, and so few lawsuits. I'm so excited about this. Oh, yeah, it was just like no cease and desists, which, I mean, achievement unlocked. So much to look forward to, particularly uh, coming up this weekend. We're going to have the first song for 2019 squared away. Albania in traditional fashion. Getting right on that, knocking that out before Christmas. This coming weekend is the annual Festivali e Kingis. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. The umlauts over the E's always throw me off. But uh, yeah, uh, it is the 57th edition of their national song competition. This year, they're spreading it out over three nights. So it's going to be Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, 22 contestants are going to be competing, at least in the first two nights. And then there's going to be a final of... Some number, possibly 22 finalists. Yeah, but yeah it could be 22. Yeah. Everybody did a lovely job and really was trying their hardest. It could be like two of them because everybody got sick after eating at the buffet. A, l- a little loosey-goosey with the details, uh, which kind of happens every year, which makes Albania's process uh, interesting to watch. But this year, the way they're kind of switching things up, uh, the first night they're doing the Albanian National Symphonic Orchestra performance. Typically, this festival is just like they perform the songs. There's... a huge orchestra that's playing the songs aren't necessarily in eurovision style like it could be a five minute song it could be a two minute song like there aren't any sort of restrictions in terms of time yeah and i feel like with albania like so often we see some of like the most change between the original version and the actual version that we see at eurovision just because they have to figure out okay are we going to do english lyrics Mm -hmm. how many minutes do we have to cut down to fit the time limit etc and this year it sounds like that might not be the case yeah or It could be the case because the second night they're showing what the performance will be like when they go to the Eurovision stage. Now, I don't know if that necessarily means that the song's already going to be cut down or if like all of the pyrotechnics will be in play. Who knows? And it's also unclear if what they perform on Friday's competition, if they're locked in for what they're doing in May, which, I mean, it could be nice and they can focus on other things uh, mm-hmm. if, if they have all that stuff figured out. And then Saturday, I don't know. I, I like, Big band night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like it, uh, it, it's not clear if it's going to be the orchestra versions that'll be performed, the Eurovision versions, if they're going to do both. It's probably going to depend on the number of people competing or... We could just see all 44 songs again. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, yeah, just, <laughs> so. yeah, just see, see everything again, remind everybody what's happened so far. Alternately, ABBA night, you know, just get, just get like a fun covers night in there. Yeah, well, I mean, like maybe Benny and Bjorn are doing a tour of Europe. I mean, they started at X Factor and then, uh, yeah, just flying over to Albania and just kind of hopscotching around as the national finals play out. Good way to get some travel miles in. So, <laughs> Some good travel miles, some good promo. 
I mean, the rule is that you either get Benny and Bjorn or Agnetha and Ani free, but not all four at the same time mm-hmm. due to issues. The competition will be live streamed. So uh, that'll be happening. I have not seen the actual time of when it's supposed to start. I think typically it's been like 2 p.m., 3 p.m. Eastern time previous years. But yeah, if you keep an eye on our Twitter at EuroWhat, we'll have that information as soon as we know what's going on. And you can always have it playing in the background, like in a hidden window on your work computer as, yep. as the competition plays out. So at least that's what my plan is. So Okay, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Albania are, is not the only country kind of getting themselves ready. Uh, Spain also has uh, songs, at least, in the works. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've, if I remember last time we talked about how Operation Triunfo uh, was happening and had contestants, and they, they have theoretically lost some contestants at this point. They've eliminated some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are 17 songs which are uh, assigned to the remaining contestants. Some of the contestants have been paired up. Some of them have more than one song. So lots of different permutations and combinations of singers and songs going on. Yeah, and I think some of the contestants might still be up for elimination. Like the the actual competition for these songs won't be happening until January. So it's possible that songs could be selected of contestants that won't actually be on the show anymore when they actually are competing for this so interesting yeah yeah okay snippets of the songs are scheduled to be released on thursday and then the spanish public will be able to vote on those snippets and then whichever three songs win the public vote those will go on to compete in the national final and then the producers will round out the field with seven more entries so 10 songs total will compete Okay, so 17 songs now, which will become three, to which seven new ones will be added. Yes. Clear as mud. Yeah. <laughs> Math is fun, isn't it? Yeah, so I'd say, why not just not just knock it down to 10 songs? 17 is a very large number. I mean, I guess the producers just want to make sure that there's like nothing hinky going on with voting, because I believe it's all online voting, and uh, mm-hmm. you know that, that's oh, only yeah, so it's very secure. Easy to stuff the ballot box, yeah. Yeah. This is sort of what the process was for choosing their song this year, and... I think it worked, even though the song that was selected didn't do all that well. I think that there were, they at least had some decent choices on the table. Mm-hmm. They just and, chose wrong. And really, that's so. what you want, because like the, the audience is going to be the audience, at least as if you've done your job and feel good about the song you've sent, that's what counts, right? Mm-hmm. Nope, winning counts. No. <laughs> Hopefully, the full versions of those songs will be available pretty soon either like once the snippets are released or after the public voting has wrapped and they figured out what those 10 songs are and then we can add them to our spotify playlist which is really coming together nicely like i think there's about 125 songs give or take that are like out in the wild right now from the very few selection processes that have gotten underway and we have more than 40 of those songs available on our list. Like I've been I've been coming through like every day to see if there's anything new added. And yeah, we've got stuff from Estonia, Latvia, Hungary and France. France is interesting. So are they doing a selection this year? They are doing the Destination Eurovision format again, or at least they're calling it Destination Eurovision. I think they're doing some tweaking to the format. So it's uh, first of all, I think all of the shows will be live instead of like the weird pre-taped voting I, yeah like all of my memory of watching the one episode i did just came flooding back i'm like yes retool this yes it seems like they've got a pretty varied selection so far again i've only been able to hear like a handful of the songs because there's only a handful available but their songs in french i don't know they, they've got hooks like <laughs> they, they are checking boxes so <laughs> 
<laughs> the songs from France are in French. Color me surprised. In more exciting Spotify news. Yeah, our podcast is on Spotify now. Yeah, that was an exciting development to happen. So if you prefer to listen to your podcast on Spotify, you can just do a search for Euro What and our show should get on there and you'll be able to follow it and not have to worry about missing any episode, especially once we switch over to a weekly format uh, in the new year. Once the competition comes back in full force, mm-hmm. uh, so will the wave of episodes that will land into your Spotify. Yes, you will, you will not be able to get us out of your ears. So, <laughs> Okay, so for our main topic today on the show i thought what would be interesting to do given that is the the end of the year and this is our last episode for 2018 uh, i thought it'd be interesting to talk about our year in music since spotify has officially dropped their their 2018 edition of spotify wrapped which sort of gives you all of what what they claim your top five songs and top five albums artists whatever are although I had some disagreements with mine. Like, how how did yours turn out, Mike? Mine came out a little weird. And I'm wondering if there's also differences between, like, the desktop app and the phone app. Because I think I I have seen differences between the two. Some surprises and some real question marks. So... (laughs) I feel like you posted this to our our Twitter account. But, like, you had, like, a particularly Eurovision-heavy year in, in listening. Yeah. Of my top five, four of them were competing at Eurovision and one of them tried to compete at Eurovision. Uh, Okay. Yeah. The top item on my list was Fuego, uh, Cyprus's entry, which really, that comes as no surprise. That was followed by Lie to Me, Czech Republic's entry. That, that That one's a solid one. I have that as like a, an alarm tone on my phone. It's great. Love it. Nice. Number three, that was Scandalove by Ida Maria. Yes. That's, that song, song is still so, so delightful. Happy. Yeah. And like even listening to it closely, it's like, wow, some of these lyrics are so filthy. Like, which I guess is also kind of a theme uh, of my top five, except like number four is A Matter of Time, Belgium Century, which was not filthy at all. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why it didn't do so well. Oh, maybe Senate. it just needed to he be. Tried. Yeah. And then number five, which I, I'm still trying to figure out how it got up there, was Alexiev's Forever, Belarus's Century. <laughs> Okay, and, yeah. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is like Belarus chose very early last year and back when there was only a handful of Eurovision songs, like it probably just got caught up in the random loop uh more frequently than the songs that got selected in March. Okay. Yeah, like that one may maybe not not the the favorite, but that it sort of won out just by longevity on that playlist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's just a matter of math. It's taken me a very long time to get to a point on the list where it wasn't Eurovision associated in some way, shape, or form. And I think I'm pretty sure the first one might be Dua Lipa. Okay. But even then, that was a song that got added to my list after spending some time in Spain on my Eurovision trip, so it's still like sort of it's still of Eurovision adjacent music. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, Although yeah, interestingly that... enough, the winner did not appear there. True. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure why that is because I know I was listening to Toy like all the time. Oh but... yeah, like you, you guys, you and Ryan were like going on about that one. And it may just be a case of just like, oh yeah, you listen to it ten times in a row, but Spotify only counts that as once. And just like, please listen to other songs. <laughs> so yeah, or maybe like somehow got multiple versions in the mix and it just didn't count 
properly, but yeah, I don't, it, I don't know. Like with multiple versions, like I'm pretty sure that the like so the only uh, one that popped up on my top five from Eurovision this year was Sara Alto's Monsters of all things. Hmm. And again, like I think that that one is because I think it got seated in my playlist a couple of times. So once when it first came out and was a shiny new thing, and then once yeah. when I was adding just a bunch of Eurovision stuff at once. And it was a different version because I because it didn't like flag. Hey, this is a duplicate. So yeah. maybe that weighted it just a little bit heavier in terms of plays. Yeah. What 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 else was in your top five? My top five was interesting. So the top rated artist was was Churches, uh, this Scottish band, uh, electro pop, doing pretty well. Just had their third album come out, and like I don't remember listening to them that much this year. But on the other hand. What I do for, for my playlist is I sort of start at the top of the year where I sort of seed it with a bunch of stuff that I like. And then as the, as new stuff comes out on a weekly basis, add stuff here and there. Mm-hmm. I think rather than like my top five, I think some of the, the theme, like, I don't know, like looking at sort of themes in my listening, there there's a much more global approach to pop. And I don't know if that comes from watching Eurovision for like eight or nine years at this point. Hmm. A lot of super, super interesting pop stuff was happening this year from Europe. So like you have uh, just from the Nordic side of things, uh, I have Sigrid, who was the winner of the BBC Sound of 2018 Oh, uh, in January. Yeah, like that put her on my radar and then... She had one EP come out, I think, probably late last year, but released another EP over the course of this year, has her debut album coming out next March, where it's super, super fresh, super, super relatable pop. The new song out right now is called Sucker Punch, and it's just, it's very good. Uh, but then, like, the other big kind of Nordic artist coming back, uh, Robin. Robin is yes. back. And oh, that album is delightful. So good. so good. I like the way that that album progresses and sort of starts in a very familiar place with Missing You. Like, Missing You feels like it could have come off of her, uh, off of Body Talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then sort of also goes to all these other places in between. Yeah, it's certainly not as aggressive as Body Talk was, yeah. which like kind of caught me by surprise because I-, I loved Body Talk. Mm-hmm. And I think I was just expecting, it's just like, oh, body talk but the next level but it's like oh no this is much more like this is a totally different mood and well yeah and like, like in eight the years later yeah. yeah eight years later and then just reading articles as they were coming out all these interviews with her where she was talking about the album and talking about what happened in the eight years where she was talking about how this was going to be softer and this was going to be more club focused mm-hmm. could hear all those things in the album when it finally came out and like really like the shape it took it's such an organic listen mm-hmm. that yeah my first uh, listening listening to the the whole album it was just like oh like you really don't hear like the changes of the songs like it just yeah like it transitions it, so smoothly it's it flows really really well it's like a full album listen but like i'm finding that as i as it sort of like plops in randomly with my playlist like i i noticed some of the things i didn't notice when i was listening to things in the in sort of like the the full span elsewhere in my listening i have i don't know like i'm really really fascinated by by british pop music mm-hmm this year is no exception like there's and there's a lot going on with it like uh the 1975's love it if we made it is probably my favorite song this year oh nice it's really really weird like uh like lyrically and structured like it like it's just sort of a very simple baseline and some synths they're kind of intensifying over the course of about four minutes and it's very stream of consciousness lyrics that feel like just like ripped from the news huh the hook is just you know and i'd love it if we made you know modernity modernity has failed us and i'd love it if we made it it came out around the time I was doing a trivia thing in Las Vegas, and apparently, like, it's just, like, the perfect music to, like, wander sort of a neon-lit casino floor and feel kind of sad about. <laughs> that one and then Arcade Fires Put Your Money on Me are just, like, 
good casino strolling music apparently mm. elsewhere in the uk some really really good kind of r&b inflected pop from both years and years who had a second album where they're doing like a weird sci-fi concept thing with it that works somehow and chloe howell who i've been waiting on a debut album from for like three or four years now and just kind of got lost in the the label system and then sort of set out on her own came back out with an ep this year that's just fantastic oh nice the first track that came out off of that uh work was great but then I'm not sure if an EP can have deep cuts because it's only four tracks long, but Mm -hmm. Out of Luck is just like another one of my favorites. And then French Pop. French Pop has been really, really interesting because I tend to not like France's choices of entries, and that includes this year's. (laughs) But a coworker of mine sent me the first album by Christine and the Queens last year and really, really dug it. And she has a new one out this year called Chris, where it's like very 80s, very programmed synths, kind of princey, I guess. Okay. Yeah, but like very, again, kind of very uh, R&B, but also like a very 80s R&B influence. Nice. And the nice thing about the U.S. version of the album is that uh, she did both a, did both a an English and a French version. And at oh. least in the version I picked up, it gave you all of the tracks, so both versions. And it's been interesting for me as I've been listening through it, and again, as things have sort of gotten shuffled on my player, what songs work better for me in English and what songs work better for me in French interesting the second single that got released before the album came out doesn't matter is like my my jam off of that album where it's just it just builds and has some really really gorgeous stuff going on with the backing vocals there was an episode of song exploder about that and how she kind of got there and like these kind of very stream of conscious lyrics and everything going on but i was just really really intrigued by kind of how global my listening has gotten and how how global uh pop has sort of kind of taken over even if Eurovision songs haven't taken over my playlist. I'm much more playlist-oriented, I find, than album-oriented. Like, Robin was such an exception this year, because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's Robin, I gotta hear everything that she puts out. Uh, one, of, one of the playlists that I really enjoyed this year was from Pop Justice. Uh, yes. I, I start, yeah, I started looking looking them up after you recommended them a few times on, on the show, and they put together a playlist where it's taking all of the, now that's what I call musics, that have been released in the UK, okay. and the and the best song on each compilation. So I, th- I, th- I think it was in recognition of the hundredth edition of now that's what I call music. Uh, so it's a hundred songs. Yeah. It's a really interesting mix. Like, uh, and it goes really far back. Like it goes all the way to like the mid eighties, which mm-hmm. is like, huh? Cause like, I was thinking back to like the American uh, version of now that's what I call music. And I think, Number six came out when I was still in high school, so that would have been like the late nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's a really varied list, and it's uh fun listening to it. It's like, oh yeah, this was a really good song. Which is like, huh, this song. What else was on the album that this that, was that, the that, best that this one? Was the <laughs> yeah, let's see the Pop Justice playlist that I subscribe to and I check in on from time to time is is their New Music Friday one because. They will have all of the pop singles, including all of the British ones by groups I don't know, but sometimes find are great. Mm -hmm. One of the cool things that uh, we do at work on Fridays is there's a public playlist that's posted with a different theme. Mm -hmm. And everybody's allowed to add one song to the playlist based on that theme. So like a couple weeks ago, it was songs that use a sample 
And then the following week, it was songs that have been sampled. So it's kind of getting both sides of the equation there. Mm -hmm. And I usually try to sneak in Eurovision stuff whenever I can. With with a company, like my company's about mm-hmm. like 400 people at this point, but just getting all of the different points of view of music yeah. and like all meditations on a single theme. And it could be like a wordplay theme or like a certain tone or a certain mood or yeah, every once in a while, it's just like, what are you listening to right now? And and just the variety from that. I'm just now thinking about how for that pair of playlist ideas for songs that, songs that feature a sample and songs that have been sampled, mm-hmm. you could therefore then do George Michael's Fast Love Part 1 and Patrice Russian's Forget-Me-Nots. I submitted Forget-Me-Nots for songs that have been sampled. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember, what, what did I use for... Oh, it's the one that samples uh, Can You Feel It, but it's uh, about the... Uh, what would she look like with a chimney on her? Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it was on that Pop Justice playlist. That that was how I ended up tracking it down <laughs> to, to, to add to uh, the work playlist. But yeah, that that was fun. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Anything else that we want to bring up on this? No, I, I think that's it. I, th- I think that's it for the year. <laughs> I think we're... I think we're good. Just like, nope. All right. Well, then that's going to do it for this episode of the Euro What. Thank you for listening. Uh, The Euro What podcast is hosted by Mike McComb. That's me and Ben Smith. That's me. Uh, You can find us on our website at eurowhat.com and on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at eurowhat. If you'd like to contact us by email, we can be reached at esc at whatelseison.tv. We'd love to hear your questions, comments, and playlist suggestions. Uh, You can subscribe to the Euro What on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the podcast app of your choice, if I haven't mentioned it already. Uh, Word of mouth is still the best way to get folks to listen, so please be sure to tell your friends about the Euro What podcast. Uh, Rating and reviewing the podcast when you subscribe also helps other Eurovision fans find us. Uh, This is it for 2018. We're going to be taking the next couple of weeks off. And we'll be back in January to try to make sense of what is happening with Eurovision 2019. Have a safe and happy holiday and new year. Yeah, happy holidays. 